0: Welcome to Creativity Unfiltered with me Alice Thorpe and today I am joined by the lovely Emily from Emily Harvey Art. Emily speaks a lot about goals, motivation, setbacks and various things whilst running a small business. She's got a really great perspective on the world of work whilst also juggling being a mum and actually having time to live your life. It's so nice to speak to you Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So to kick things off, Emily, could you just introduce yourself and what you do so our listeners slash viewers on YouTube will know? Hi, I'm Emily. I do a bit of everything. It's
1: hard to put it into one thing. So I'm an illustrator. I would say I'm a content creator, although that feels weird to say. I am, I'm I would say I'm an illustrator content creator who runs a stationery business yeah that, that's kind of, that kind of covers everything I think
0: <laughs> yeah and your your vibe is lilac Disney women like fairy yeah fairytale magical we love all that stuff it was never the gut go- that was never the plan
1: that it just evolved into that I just found myself drawn to that stuff and it's kind of the thing I'm known for now so
0: Yeah, and I love it. And like the whole vibe when you go on like Emily's Instagram, which I'll leave in the description. I said this last week when I recorded and I don't know if there is a description in podcasts. You guys listening will find out. But yeah, Emily's vibe is just so lovely and I find it really calming. Oh, God. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I've converted a lot of people to Lilac, I've been told. Even my boyfriend. So I'll sit and watch some everyone's like vlogs and stuff on, on the telly downstairs and half the time he's not bothered, it's just not his thing. And every so often you, yours will come up and you'll be like, I like this person. And he's not, the, he's like the least creative person ever. Like he's not into it. He's just listening to it because it's there. Yeah. And he said to me just now, he was like, who are you talking to today? And I was like, oh my God, do you know that girl who loves Lilac? <laughs> That's who I'm talking to. <laughs> that makes
1: me so happy. The amount of times I've done events and things where a girl's come up to me all excited, but then the partner is as equally excited and it's just like oh it's so nice it's so nice that it can be enjoyed by everybody you know.
0: Yeah and I think that's what's important especially through the studio vlogs because you're just keeping it so real through the vlogs
1: and I love it. Oh I'm glad I'm really glad I've I, I've had some ups and downs with YouTube and like the direction of where I want it to go and it's always when I try to be something I'm not or try to make it nice and pretty and I've not enjoyed that and then when I have a little break and think, oh no, just be real. Just come on and be real. That's when I enjoy it the most. I think they're the vlogs that people like the most as well. So Yeah, so,
0: I yeah. find that. And especially this is more Instagram when you were talking about your ad revenue on YouTube. <laughs> that really made me chuckle. Just give everyone a bit of context for that one. <laughs> so
1: I had I had about two months off YouTube at the end of last year. And it's like I was saying, I just went into a bit of a doubting myself just thinking I can't do these beautiful vlogs anymore and so I just stopped and uh, I had a look at my ad revenue that I was due to get and uh, it was £32 and um, the month before I had £37 and I just thought some people will even realise that you put so much time and effort in and sometimes you don't get the big paycheck you know and I just thought, oh, I'll do a funny reel. And I, yeah, I just sort of said, work hard, make the reel, like make yours, do the editing, and you two will get £35 a month. But to be honest, it's actually, it just goes to show that was after having two months off. I've been back a month now and it's jumped up to £150. So that's exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. And I mean, like, my, I looked at mine, I was like, because you see these people, don't you? Like, oh, I've earned 10K this month. I'm like, who are you and where, what are you doing? What am I doing wrong? I know. I
1: know
0: And I'm yeah. nine of mine, so my views are quite low compared to like the subscribers because I started my channel with it's had a bit of a journey I started off as like a university blogger and then I've been graphic design so like my audience aren't just there for one thing there's a quite a few things so I mean my AdSense is probably hitting around 150 as well and I'm like this is not an income but we can use it as money. <laughs> I know
1: I know and it's so good to share that because well I never went into YouTube for the money side of it because I never I just never anticipated it growing to that um it just always seemed like to get money on YouTube you'd just have to be massive and I just knew that would never happen so I think it's important to share that you can can earn a little
0: bit but you, you don't go into it for that you know. Yeah, you've got to be in it for the for the right reasons. And I think that's Yeah. Doing it the fun part the money is the bonus. Exactly. Um so what was there a specific moment or thing that sort of sparked your passion to create your Emily Harvey art business? Well, Emily Harvey
1: Art has also been on a journey. Uh, that started in twenty fourteen. So I actually got the domain. It, I was actually e Harvey Illustration back then. That's, that's the domain I bought back in twenty fourteen and I just couldn't get a job out of uni so I was applying all day and just um drawing at night and kind of learning to draw as well because I left uni and my my dream was to work in the animation industry I wanted to be like a modeler you know like Pixar films like creating the characters in 3D that's what my degree's in so that was the plan but then I realized very quickly out of uni that I'm I'm really crap so (laughs) I couldn't get a job anywhere so uh and i didn't want to move to london where all my friends were so i was in manchester just applying for jobs and it just wasn't happening and i got to the point where i was apl- I, I applied for a job in like a poster printing company to like look after the printers and i was like oh my god this is so crap i need to do something so i bought the domain i made an etsy page i just uploaded to instagram and i just posted and only family and friends bought stuff in those early days but that's how it started, eHarvey Illustration. And I just drew every single day. And then from that, I got a job as a cartoonist for a newspaper. And then from that, I got an internship at an animation studio, which was my dream job. That was in 2014. And um by like the following year, I was like assistant art director in that animation studio. So it started as eHarvey Illustration. I kind of went off and did the animation route for a bit and then I came back to it in sort of 2017 uh, as a whole of the story, but I quit my job and decided to go freelance and that's when I became Emily Harvey Art. Well, no, actually I became E. Harvey Art. I switched from illustration to art. I don't know why I did that. And then tried that for a year. That failed. Went back into a job and then that's when I got pregnant and kind of that job ended and I had to start again in 2019. So I kind of picked it up again in 2019 and that's when the YouTube video started and that's when this this version of the business started. So it's always been there, I've had it for like 10 years but I would say the past five years has been this and it's the inspiration that sparked it was being unemployed uh, <laughs> and the only real talent I had was drawing. And how do I kind of
0: build a business and document it? And that's how Emily Harvey Art started, really. I love that. And it shows that it wasn't just like a linear came out of uni, got this job, this is what I've been doing. And you didn't really fully know. You've just sort of like made a career out of what you knew. I still don't know. I haven't got I, people keep asking me, Emily, what's your five year goal? I'm like, five years ago I was
1: unemployed with a newborn. Like I had I couldn't I couldn't pay the bills. Like you just don't know where the five years are gonna go. That's literally my business plan now is take every day as it comes (laughs) say yes to every opportunity so yeah I have have no idea I have no idea of where the next five years what we'll be doing
0: (laughs) and I think I don't know if that's just a thing in the creative industry or if that's just generally everyone like maybe the people who look like they know actually actually don't because I don't know about you but me as a creative person I can't commit to an idea five years in advance like I can't commit to something it's scary and it feels like it's a lot of pressure I just want to make nice things and make people smile. And if I can pay the bills and go on a holiday every so often, and I'm comfortable, that's all right. I'm happy with that. That's
1: literally my goal. Yeah, that's literally it for me. I knew when I had Luca in 2019, I knew I had to get to the point that when he started school, I need to have figure it figured it out because I didn't want what I had was I was putting childminders at like half six in the morning went to school and I stayed at the child minders till it would dark out because my parents worked all hours and I just never wanted that. So I knew in 2019, that's the only goal I knew was in 2019, by the time you start school in 2023, I need to have figured this out because I want to take him to school and pick him up every day.
0: And that's what you're doing? And that's what I'm doing, yeah. I know when I spoke to Hannah, she mentioned that it's quite easy to get caught up in chasing the money and like, some people online I want to be a millionaire and this is their goal and blah 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 and actually like sitting down and thinking about it me and Hannah both agreed that our goals were more like spending time with your loved ones and yeah it'd be great to have 10k a month but realistically is that going to happen am I going to be burning myself out trying to reach that whereas having I think for the listeners it's important to know like you don't need these huge goals like everyone else. Like if your goals look different to them, for example, you taking Luca to and from school. For me, being able to go on holiday and take my mum out to lunch in the middle of the week just because I can. I agree. And I definitely went through a phase of thinking
1: that success meant growing bigger. I kept thinking that I'm going to have to have staff. I'm going to have to get to the point where I hire somebody. And what I realised pretty quickly was, well, I actually did that. So my, my goddaughter... She needed to do some work experience, and I was like, "Come work for me! This will be great!" Like you could pack orders, and I was like, "This is the start of the growth. We're going to have employees and things." I realized really quickly that I can't work with other people. Doesn't matter how much I love the people. Yeah. One, I can't film in front of other other people. I close up. And two, I work best sat in silence. Me too. I get stuff done, and um, I like I like I like putting a film on. I like doing things, but I am so productive when I'm on my own. And like my mum, when I used to have my studio, my mum would come in and work. And as much as I adore her with every fibre of my being, she's a chatter and she <laughs> gets work done by chatting. And I'm like, I can't, I love you, but I can't do this. So I realised pretty quickly that, yeah, it might look great to have five people packing orders and it be in this massive company. But if I can't get any work done because... I need to be in a separate room on my own. Like, what's the point? So <laughs> I realized that I'll never be this company that has all these all this staff and it being this big thing. That'll never happen for me. Um, so it's about growing it to what I can handle on my own, which isn't gonna be this multi-thousand pound a month business. I just need to be able to pay my mortgage <laughs> and pay my bills and go on a few I'd love to go on multiple holidays a year that would be the ultimate dream and that that's just my goals is similar to you is it's about I want to work as little as possible well no actually no I love working it's not that I don't want to work it's that I don't want to be sat at my desk all day every day yeah I'd love to be able to just do what I want and like for example it's half term in a couple of weeks and I never had to worry about that before because Luca was not in school and now it's like right well I can't just go away whenever my it's a long story but my mother-in-law has a they've got um like a second house in Spain and literally the other night she was like and we're going to we're going to Spain for for half term do you want to just grab a flight and come out with Luca and I would never have been able to do that before but now I'm just like yeah why not just take the laptop and work from there and like that's like the, the ultimate goal you know and if I had loads of staff
0: I wouldn't be able to do that I think it's important to show both like I see a lot of and it's one of those things when I'm scrolling on TikTok you see one and then obviously the algorithm shoots (laughs) out loads and it's just people like earning like 400k in the first like in the first month and I'm like who are you and like first of all surely you've not got no no work-life balance at all how big is the team like are you stressed I need to know the ins and outs because I don't know how you're doing that and also it's important for people to know that
1: the difference between revenue and profit <laughs> they don't tell they'll tell you revenue but i want to see profit like i'm not bothered about how much money you bring in <laughs> that doesn't matter to me you can make half a million but if you spent 300,000 on adverts on facebook it doesn't really mean much so i i did a reel last week about that and how i was excited to sell a bookmark when everyone else is doing their six figure months and that's gone viral and it's gone viral because people relate to it
0: <laughs> yeah if it's you read real. the comments yeah it is it is and wasn't was the, I'm guessing that was I watched the vlog from that week and you said that you'd spent ages creating a reel yeah. and then you just, that just and then just in 30 seconds and that's the one that's worked.
1: yeah do you know what I've only ever had I've had three reels go viral in the whole time I've been on Instagram and by viral I mean I don't know what viral means over a hundred thousand views I would say for me and all three of them are videos that are less than 10 seconds long they're filmed in one take with no thought behind it um one of them had like two million views and it was just literally four seconds long of me drawing on a thing so yeah it sometimes I get in my head too much about making content and I end up scrapping it and thinking like that's not even funny like just no just film a video of yourself dancing it'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) and usually if it takes you like one take and is very quick to do you're less invested you know like it takes you like two hours to put together there's almost this pressure that I hope this gets seen by people like I've put so much time into it whereas that dancing one if no one saw it it didn't matter
0: because it took me two minutes you know I need to channel that energy so like I worked for six months in an office job and it was also a print company. So I kind of like understood what you meant when you said you did that. So then I quit that literally almost a year ago to the day. And then I was like, right, I need to make more content. So I went fully in and I was like pre-recording pre things and bulk doing it. But then I think that took the, took the realness out of it because like, if I'm re- posting this video that I recorded two and a half weeks ago is it really relevant now like I'm just sort of doing it for the sake of it and I I need to get myself back out of that because like you say the ones that are honest and real seem to be the ones that people like which makes sense because that's the ones I like I just overthink it I think I'm in my own head too much <laughs> yeah I get like that
1: sometimes um and it's the same with YouTube when I it's usually when I've been looking around too much and I'm, I am i love watching other creators and I love getting inspired, but sometimes if I'm not in the right headspace, the comparison thing happens and I think, oh gosh, I should be creating like that. That's doing well, that looks great. And I get like that with reels sometimes. And yeah, the ones where you just kind of block the noise and just think, right, what have we been talking about on stories recently? I've been talking about the YouTube revenue. I've been talking about all of that stuff. I'd been having a lot of dms about it and I thought this is what this is the topic people are like they like and that's I then literally made the reel like two days later and I think just kind of when you batch make content I would never have been able to have made that two weeks ago that dancing reel and post it you know what I mean like it's hard to plan how how people um what people are enjoying about your content right at this moment and um I'm all for batching content. I admire anybody that is productive enough to do that. Um, But I'm somebody who uploads same day. I like film, like I will literally film a vlog today, edit it tonight and it'll be up in the morning. Like I'm so like last minute with stuff.
0: But I think that's what people like, you know, they like to see stuff in the moment. Yeah, and that works when you say, because it's literally on topic, like right there and then it's going to be up. And I think I'm more, I'm, because at one point when I did do more graphic design stuff on my channel, I had to pre-schedule like a month in advance because the videos took so long to edit. But by the time the video came round, I kind of forgot what was in the video because I'd done it like a month and a half prior. And those videos went down really well, but I felt quite disconnected from them. So I, I think 2024 is about just doing it. I think my YouTube brain is like, has to be pre-scheduled, sit in front of a light, talk about proper things. And actually really people just don't mind you just like picking up your phone like this and having a chat. Just be real. Yeah. But, it, but
1: this is the thing. If, if you want to be that person, if you want the polished vlogs and you want the, that's a great thing to do. But I, I was doing that without having my heart in it. And I was like, like you say, I was a bit disconnected in my vlogs. Like I've watched some of the vlogs back. The ones that I know are not right. Like you wouldn't notice, but me filming it, I wasn't enjoying filming it. And it was because in my head, it was like a movie. I was thinking, right, we'll come in. I'll need to film here. Then I need to pack order. So we'll have to go over there. And, then... and the whole vlog was in my head before I'd even start filming it. So then it just became like this tick box. That's not a fun vlog to watch. So the recent ones I've been doing that people seem to re- really be liking, They're just like diaries. Like I don't, I'm filming all day today. I've got no clue what I'm going to do. We'll just film throughout the day. And that's more real. I do like watching
0: that content. I do like watching the polished content because I'll never be that. How do you find a balance between work and life? Are there any tips or any things that you've worked out as you've been working for yourself for so long? It's harder at the minute
1: because I'm back working at home. So I used to have a studio if people haven't don't follow me they won't know but so I work from home. I used to work from home and then in October of 2020 things kind of took off during lockdown and I was in this room it was very different layout but I I just had no space and um, I could afford back then to have a studio so I got this gorgeous studio it's my dream studio. And that made it really easy to separate work and life because I had to leave the house, go and work. And then when I was done, turn the lights off, come home. And then I was at home. There was no like working late into the night because I couldn't, I had nothing here to do, you know. Um, Like I never bought an iPad, iPad Pro because I knew I would just take work it all home. night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I, did, I never have never done that. So that was quite easy. Now I'm back working from home and it's harder because it's so easy to be like, oh, I'll just go and do an hour's work, you know, when Luca's gone to bed. But I am go- I am getting better and that's only because Luca's now at school. So before, when he was tiny, I could only work when he slept. So I'd get to the point where I'd be like looking at my clock being like, right, when's it nap time? Because as soon as he goes to sleep, I would literally run across the road, run across the corridor and come and get get some work done now he's at school every day so I have literally nine till three every single day to work and that's enough time for me it's perfect and then by the time I pick him up I'm kind of done for the day there's nothing really else that I I need to get done so I don't know there's no struggle for me I uh I found the perfect balance now but it was hard when he was really little and if you've watched the early vlogs like I he would be bouncing on my knee you know and I'd be drawing with one hand and trying to keep him happy and but I was just so determined to make it work like I, I, I chat to some mums now that are like ah oh, I'd just rather I'd just rather sit and watch telly and and I just never had that It it was just always in me that I have to make this work like there's no time for me to sit and watch telly. Do you know what I mean? I don't want that to come across badly because we all need time to sit and watch TV. But I was just, I just had a fire in me. And I was like, if I don't get it done, if I don't make this work. So yeah, but it is easier now. Like if any mums are watching this that are like, oh, the baby's not sleeping, I can't get work done. It gets easier as they get bigger.
0: Yeah, and now of course, because you've got that nine to three, it's added a bit of structure. Like you can't be like, oh, I won't start until two o'clock today. I can't be bothered. You kind of have to, which is a good- good thing you've just got to do it haven't you because you know you have yeah. to yeah yeah
1: and I do I I am gonna start I used to have a day off every week when Luke used to be at nursery I used to have one day off a week where I didn't work at all and I now he's gone to school I've dropped that because I feel guilty why would I have a day off when I, Luke is at school but you still need that time for yourself so I that's one thing I am gonna bring back because the house still needs, like, still need to do the washing. We still need to do the things, <laughs> and those things get put to one side. But yeah, him going to school was a massive change, and it was, yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah, and you can't create unless you take the time to like sit and consume. Whether that's consumed by going outside and breathing in nature, or yeah, traveling to a new city, or just binging your favorite program, you can't physically. I've realized you can't put something out into the world unless you're like letting your brain just switch off for a minute and just zen <laughs> yeah and doing the things
1: that I was literally saying to this to my mum earlier I love working and I it's not it's not a chore for me like I don't have that you know like you used to feel on a Sunday night being like oh I don't want to go to work tomorrow I I have never have that feeling I absolutely love it but I at this point in my life I work to go on holidays and go away and do nice things like I literally that's on my countdown app on my phone it's like right what we're doing next what's next and I encourage that for anyone it doesn't even need to be holidays but you just need to have stuff like the reason you work every day the reason you
0: put the hours in what's it for and if that is booking a trip or Or like I've got a vision board like next to my desk and this week I've been a bit flat so I'm like so I've just been spending like 10 minutes a morning just staring at it thinking that's why I'm doing it that's why you do it Going back a little bit to finances, you mentioned that in COVID, you were thriving money wise, as was I, because I mean, point blank, everyone was at home and had nothing other than to spend the money online shopping or watch videos. So naturally, I was a YouTuber. My income went up like two and a half times what it usually was wow which was amazing so how did that affect you during covid and what have you done since now it's sort of started to slow down well not started it's very much slowed down for me anyway it has it has um it was mental
1: and i think so in 2019 when i had luca my job contract ended so literally my job ended on the 1st of february so that was like my last pay and then I gave birth on the 15th of February, so two weeks later. I had maternity pay, I think it's like six hundred pounds a month, but that's all I had. I, there was nothing else for me. So that's why that year I had to figure it out pretty quick because in the October my maternity pay was ending. I literally so it ended in October and I launched my Patreon in November. There was there was a whole plan to it. So I went from that year, I think I made I think I made six grand in total in the first year so well under the threshold, no tax was paid. The year before that, I was in a, in a job, so tax was paid at source. So I went from tax already coming out, so not paid that, then the following year, didn't need to pay any tax. The year after that, 2020, when COVID hit and things went crazy, I can't remember exactly how much I made, and I, I would tell you if I knew, but I just remember my accountant that I had to get messaged me and said, Emily, We need a meeting because you're very close to the VAT threshold. Now, the VAT threshold is, what, 80 grand? Now, I want to make this clear, like I said before, that's revenue. That's not profit. That's money coming in. So I was like, shit. Sorry, I don't know if we can swear on here, but I'm going to swear. That, I went from no money to that in a year. It was absolutely mental. So 2020 and 2021 were amazing years. And then because the thing what I found was people were out of their job. They were being furloughed. People wanted to, yes, they were consuming YouTube content, but for me, people wanted to start their own small businesses. This was the perfect time for them to start a small business. So what do you do? You join Emily's Patreon for £5, where she shows you exactly how to do that. Literally, my whole Patreon is built on that. So I went, I launched Patreon in November 2019, and within a year, maybe 18 months, there was 400 people on there. Amazing. It just absolutely went mental the problem then once Covid kind of was starting to go away and people were going back to their jobs the first thing you do is you sack off the small business that's maybe not picked up yet so everyone left Patreon and nobody was buying and it was just that's where I I moved into my studio when things were just amazing like that and then last year when everything was starting to come down I just thought I've had my time like I can't I can't risk staying there bills were going up and I decided to leave But things are still great, but it's not, it's not COVID level. Like they were, it was just absolutely mental time. People just weren't questioning. Like now you have to like justify the price of a bookmark. But back then people, they weren't just spending five pounds in your shop. They were spending 40, 50 pounds at a time and signing up to your Patreon
0: for a year and just all those things that people just had extra money to do. They just don't have anymore. For me, I know it's like, because people weren't, going out spending their money on going out and doing things like you were getting so I did it I was getting my satisfaction from like buying something and something getting delivered and that all fits in with it doesn't it like and even more so it sort of ties in with cost of living now it's just completely gone crazy so it makes sense that the sales are low like money is lower but it's hard not to take it personally sometimes really hard it's really
1: hard when you see people leaving Patreon and Patreon's my wage basically that's why I refer to it a lot because it's my steady income every month so like when sales go up and down and YouTube views are low um, Patreon's my constant and when people will I were losing 50 people a month and that is scary (laughs) because you just think oh my god what am I doing wrong but it's not you're not doing anything wrong people just can't afford it and When people are struggling to put the heating on, the first thing they're going to do is get rid of your little silly podcast you do. You know what I mean? Like, So I just had to just take away that. And the amazing thing is now it's growing again. And when I can literally see my graph, it went like that, then it went like that. And now it's, you know, it's positive again. And it's just riding that wave, you know, and just not giving up and not saying, right, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm rubbish. You're just going to be like, no, what I have is special people can't afford it right now but they will do and as long as you keep making content up there every month by the time they do come back there's loads for them to catch up on and that's just the mentality I've got that I've just got to keep going because one day one day I'm hoping this world is a better place people have extra money in the bank and that's why I just I love making content because I just think they can enjoy it for free and then maybe one day when they can afford it they will want to join you know. And I just think
0: about that every time I make content. When people are investing you for that reason, because they yeah, know you're doing it because for the right reasons. So I saw in because I'm an avid vlog watcher of yours, along with my boyfriend. <laughs> I saw that you were talking about income streams. So yeah, you mentioned that you used to have a lot and then you didn't. Are you trying to build it back up? What are you like? Where are you at with that? What's the plan? Yeah, in my
1: last vlog, I listed all the ones I used to have and um, I did like obviously Patreon and YouTube and the shop but then I also used to do a lot of freelance projects Um I did a collaboration on some leggings last year that used to bring me a great income every month and I used to just have all these things and um, there was just less 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 pressure on each because I had quite a few and then just over time I've just let them slip and I've just not like the legging collaboration ended which was always going to happen um, but never did I think right Emily this is gonna end so maybe we put something in place you know in its place and I just never did and freelance projects I stopped, stopped taking them on because I told myself I had no time but I do have time um, you know just all the things you just kind of let it go and then when you sit down and look at it and you just think Emily hang on like you have got time and we need to bring some cash in so it's just sort of having that having that sit down and having a look at it all and I'm just slowly bringing it back so like one of the big ones is wholesale. I used to do a lot of wholesale in twenty twenty one. And then sort of as things slowed down, I just stopped doing it. But then I thought, why why? Like wouldn't it be great if I was in like my goal for the year is to be in ten shops by the end of the year? And that is a big goal and it's gonna take a lot to do, but how much pressure that would take off me if like I'm in ten shops around the country. So it's just being conscious of what I used to have, what I don't no longer have, and like just
0: putting steps in place to to get it back. So working my way through it. I think as well, I don't know about you, but when I'm trying to almost, it's not starting something new, but like branching out, like creating that new branch for me would be something like, I don't know, selling digital downloads. The like upfront of that takes a lot of work and there's no guarantee that it's going to do anything. It could literally just be nothing. So I think the hesitation I find is I have to take time out of the things that I already know are making money. They're working, they're doing it now to do something that in the long run mine but you don't know you just kind of have to like give yourself the credit and be like I can do this we're gonna do it anyway yeah and I look back on getting started and that's the only reason
1: why I'm I would I'm kind of it's going well now is because I started the YouTube channel I started the Patreon when no one was watching you know what I mean like all those things I had the guts to do when no one was watching <laughs> it's now that there's so many eyes on me I'm like I'm scared to start the new thing. But I just, I have to remind myself sometimes. Put myself in the headspace of the girl who had 13 subscribers and she started anyway. She uploaded every week when no one was watching
0: and now it's paying off. And it's it's been in that mentality of, yeah. You almost want yourself to be like perfect and doing great straight away, but then sort of forget where it all started. I don't know what I do. Yeah. And it is, it's because there's so many eyes watching
1: now. It's almost like you feel... Yeah, you've got to be perfect from day one and the feeling silly or like not getting it right is magnified when there's people w- that watch you for inspiration or you're like not a mentor for people but you know like I have a lot of people watch me and say oh because of you I've done this and because I've watched your YouTube videos I've done this so starting something new when you don't know if it's going to work out you just think oh god I'm so scared <laughs>
0: it is it's daunting it's definitely daunting in the spirit of sort of trying new things making mistakes and I like to say in the spirit of creativity unfiltered the name of the podcast yes can you share a mistake or setback that you've encountered and if it's taught you anything there's
1: low I mean there's loads of little things I do all the time I the problem is like we've just been saying I used to share all the time when things would go wrong and now it's harder for me I remember um, this is a silly one this isn't even a big thing but like back in the day I had some um, badges made for the shop and I'd spent bearing in mind I had no money so I put everything into these badges and <laughs> they got delivered and I'm not joking like so imagine the backing card all the badges were like off center and it looked so it was so bad and I'd ordered 100 of them I'd spent all my money for that week on them and um the first thing I did was went on Instagram and I did a story and I like tagged the company and I was just like these are a mess like I just went mad and um oh I'm actually cringe now when I think about it and um I like blasted the company and done all this and um and they sent me a dm and they said um oh you just need to just move the badge to the right and they'll all line up. And... I i onto got on to this. I, it, do you remember when Instagram used to... The stories used to be 20 seconds, didn't they? Do you yeah. remember when they... I'd done like 10 stories on this. <laughs> Blaming Blame <it>. the company. <laughs> Blaming the company. No wonder I've not heard from them since. <laughs> I was instantly mortified. And I was just like, Emily... We need to learn this lesson that we don't have to document everything as it's happening. We can take a pause to just assess the situation. (laughs) But yeah, like I do stuff like that all the time. It's taught me a massive lesson. Yeah, take a breather. Take a breather. Like just, we don't have to like blast a company. Like it's fine. (laughs) Um, I suppose the biggest sort of setback is, is the losing the studio. I mean, I know we spoke about that. I would say that's the biggest setback I've had because it just, it felt like I was... I was going 100 miles an hour, and it was going great. And then I I made this massive decision that I think shocked a lot of people to say no, I'm giving all of that up. But I just couldn't keep up the appearance of appearance of it. Like it felt it felt wrong of me to come on a vlog in the gorgeous studio when I was struggling to pay the bills to keep it going, and that, it it didn't feel right to. I didn't want people watching thinking this is the goal. I need to have a studio to be successful, and getting themselves in a mess to do it—like it just, all of it just felt a little bit icky. So when I made the decision to leave, I was just like, right, we're out, we're going, and we'll just make it work from home. But even now, it still feels like a huge setback. Like I worry if, like I used to get, brands would message me all the time; they want to send me things. And I think because it just looked nice in this studio, what a great little advert! If I take a picture of a nice machine in this fancy studio and you know you don't you don't hear from those now and I don't know maybe you're thinking too much into it but it does it still does feel like a huge setback
0: but it's quite it's still very fresh isn't it I remember when you like sort of announced it in the vlogs and it's obviously hugely emotional because it like that was the goal at the time and then it was almost sort of going back to what we were on about earlier sort of like remembering actually what were my initial goals and I know you've mentioned this yeah. And it was taking Luca to and from school. And with the studio as it was, you wouldn't have been able to do that because you couldn't afford it. Yeah, it was. It
1: still is. When I'm kind of past it now. Like, I don't... I If I look back at vlogs, i look back at pictures. It's a nice thing. This is this nice thing I had once. But back then, when I... Like, giving up the keys was really hard. Because you just feel like I, f- I failed in a way. Do you know what I mean? And... It's not, looking back now, it's not that I failed. It's like we said, I moved into there when I was at the hat. like business was doing amazing. Business has changed and we can't, we can't keep it up. So yeah, it's interesting. Like a lot of people have actually messaged to say that they found me moving home to be the most inspiring thing because you don't have to, that you can make it work from home. So that's what's kept me going is showing that this is more real. People can relate to this more. But it was the dream to have. I absolutely loved having it. But now that I'm back home and not spending loads on it every month, I'm like,
0: yeah, I don't think I'll do that again. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. It's like a shift in perspective, isn't it? I guess. There's a lot of... I've noticed... So there's a few creators that I watch. There's someone who's called Emma Warren. She's got like an embroidery business and she had a big unit and she did the same sort of similar time to you she stepped back and realized actually I don't I don't have these aspirations to own this massive company with all these people I just want to sit and make pretty things and earn a living it's nice to see people talking about it but obviously it's hard to relate back because not everyone's doing that there's still some people out there like maybe putting on that facade and doing those icky things I don't know you, yeah. you never know but I think that's why channels like yours are popular and like content like yours is because it is real you've owned up and said look I can't afford it it feels a bit rubbish but I'm stepping back I'm going home
1: yeah and I think there are definitely people who are I mean they're absolutely smashing it there's money to be made out there and people are earning it you know but it's not the case for everybody and yeah I I see a lot of people with studios and um, my worry is that I am part of the the Covid group of people that helped push that that to be successful you need to have an external space and it does play on my mind a lot and I just think oh I really hope you're doing okay and I really hope you can afford it because I know what goes into running a place like that so I I, yeah we're just going to keep doing the content showing that you don't need to have the big space if you don't want it some
0: people are desperate for it you just got to be honest I feel like the the overall thing is just being honest and open about it and again it goes all the way back to setting the goals for you and not the goals that you think like the world wants to see yeah and I, I I have like three
1: holidays booked this year and I'm excited to say I have three holidays booked and it's because I don't have a studio anymore that's taking yeah. up all my money you there know. we go. so yeah
0: <laughs> amazing final question little summary have you got any words of wisdom to share with people going on similar ups and downs on their creative journey I feel like this whole episode has been quite insightful but is there anything that you wish someone (laughs) would have told you when you were going through it? Well, the first thing I would say is don't let anyone tell
1: you you can't achieve stuff, whether you were like me and you've got a little newborn on your knee. It can't stop you from doing anything. It'll be really hard uh, and you'll have many tears trying to do it all, but you can. And the other bit of advice I would give is to not compare yourself to anybody. So we have, uh, we run online markets within our Patreon community. So I really encourage the small businesses that take part to join in these online markets. And it's not really like about sales or anything like that. It's to encourage them to just get themselves out there, you know. And we have new people join every year and people get really disheartened uh, if maybe they don't get a sale during the weekend or whatever. But it's people that have started a business within the past month, two months. And I have to remind people that there's people taking part that have been doing this 10 years. And like, I've been doing this this version of this business five years but 10 years really since i started etsy and i would i get regular sales now every day for someone just starting out i would never want them to compare themselves like i had to put the graft in like i've worked really hard to get there so if you're just starting off it's fine to watch vlogs from me or from other creatives and things but don't just watch the vlogs now go back and watch the ones i did in 2019 because they're the ones you'll relate to the most so just make sure you're finding inspiration in the right places and don't compare yourself and find groups of people that are in sem- similar stages as you and use that as, just don't be alone with it. That's the reason I started my Patreon was because I felt on my own and nobody was, I wanted advice, I needed help and everyone was gatekeeping and it was scary. So I was like, oh screw that, I'm just going to tell everybody <laughs> like how you, how you do this. So there are groups out there
0: um, that can help you. is that that, would that be helpful to people I don't know hopefully I think that's been a really successful episode thank you so much for coming on Emily it's been amazing to chat with you after watching you for so long fangirl moment for me thank you so much I'm so happy to be on here thank you and of course I'll leave all Emily's information in the description whether we've got one or not we don't know yet (laughs) and (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and I'll see you next time for another one